the message I want to share today is maybe as foundational as, as I can deliver. Because whether you're here today or watching online, um, we talk about God's will. What's God's will for my life? No matter what age you are, what you're going through, you've had that thought. You've made that statement. You've asked that question. I want to know God's will for my life. Do I take this job? Is this the right job for me? Is this handsome, good-looking young man looking at me? Is he the right one for me? Is this beautiful young lady, is she the one for me? Do I buy this car or do I buy that car? Do I go on this date or do I stay home? Do I do this, do I do that? It plays out throughout our lifetime. If it's God's will. We make that statement. Sometimes we say it casually. Well, if it's the Lord's will. Other times we're as sincere as we can ever be. Well, if it's the Lord's will. And so it plays on our mind all the time. What is the will of God for our lives? And is it really dimensional? Does it, can it be individual? Can we get to a place that we know God's perfect will for our life? At times, we think of that, and it's, uh, it's the grandeur of it. We think uh, maybe that's a one-time full scope of 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of life. And others say, well, but I want to know it on a more consistent basis. I'd like to know His will at least seasonally, maybe daily, maybe minute by minute. So if it be the Lord's will... And when we get to this area, if you go to commentaries, if you go to uh, select books, if you Google it and just start some kind of word search, you're going to find two distinct different camps of thought. And I, I'm trying not to just be teacher today. I want to also uh, bring inspiration. But it, it is foundational. It's extremely foundational. And we come into these areas, uh, uh, two polarized positions of free will versus predestination. Both are worthy of search. Both come into play in our thinking. Both are biblical. So where do I go? What camp do I go into? And can I be in this camp sometimes and in this camp sometimes? And can they really come into the same room? Are they related? Can they marry each other? And for those of you who say, well, I'm still kind of lost in those words, free will reminds us that God created us with the ability to make decisions. And most of us, if not all of us, would agree, well, I can see that at least for parts of my life. If I go to McDonald's, can I get the chicken sandwich or the hamburger? Free will. Well, it's pretty easy when it comes to McDonald's. I don't like chicken, so I'll get the hamburger. And somebody next to me, well, I will have the reverse. And yet when it comes to the things of God in our life, then it doesn't seem to be as easy. And then there's the other camp of predestination that, well, if I hear that word, it means that I am robotic and everything's already laid out for me, that I'm just kind of going through and, and I really have a mindless journey that he's going to get his way one way or another. 
I've got your attention, don't I? Because we wrestle there. We struggle there. How did God really create us? Would you stand with me? Open your Bibles as we read together Matthew chapter 6. You're going to recognize it when you get there because it's known in most of our Bibles as the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to read, it's a short prayer, obviously, the the portion we have recorded here. Verse 9 simply says, and it's Jesus' words talking to us, pray then like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And immediately after this recognizing who we're talking to and giving the credence that we should, then your kingdom come. Notice that phrase because everything after that remains earthly. Our Father which art in heaven, but thy kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Here. Here. Not up there. Here. On earth as it is in heaven. Can we mirror heaven on earth? Give us this day our daily bread here and forgive us our debts here as also we forgive our debtors. Yeah, that means here, not in the sweet by and by. And lead us not into temptation. Obviously, that's not there. It's here. But deliver us from evil. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Speak to us through the Spirit. Let us get this thing because it is so important in our lives. In Jesus' name. As you're being seated, turn to at least one more and say, I'm glad you're here. The will of God, what is it? What is it? Does it work for everybody? Whatever origin that you originate from, whatever country, hamlet, city, village, what home, maybe dysfunctional, very proper, the will of God. And is it the same for everybody? Yes and no. Oh, that really helped. Defining the will of God in its foundation has to begin with the Word of God. If there's anything this church stands for and continues to uphold is the Word of God. It's constantly keeping that before us as we are being discipled in His grace, knowing that we must become dependent upon His Word. Again, how many times have I shared this? Many of us, we've all been guilty at one time or another, if not consistently of, well, I want to do this. So if I can find a verse that supports it, I'm good. Instead of reading the word first and saying, okay, this is what he expects of me. Because to break it down, to get it to where we all understand what, what is the perfect will of God, it begins with his word, which is what? The law. And we, we, we stumble over that word. We don't like that word. 
When it comes to God, we, we believe in grace in this life. That'd be a great name for a church, wouldn't it? I don't want that word law. Many of us raised in the house of God, maybe in, in, in other situations, especially different time in this country, we knew the commandments. Thou shalt not. So that's a law. When it comes to police officers today, we like it when they're defending us. And, but man, when them blue lights come on because we've been in excess of speed, we don't like them too much. The law, it's always there. But what does the word law mean? It means instruction. Oh, that's softened the edge. That helps. It is instructing us, instructing us into the will of God, to know what to do. I just had another road trip, and I'm very thankful for these white lines on the side of the asphalt. Because trust me, there's been other times in my life I've got over that white line and the ride isn't as well. You sure don't want to cross that yellow line. The instruction of his will before us. Not our enemy, it's our friend. The law. Instructing in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now it doesn't sound so lofty. That starts to make sense because he's come to give us life and life more abundant. I like how the psalmist put it. He said, I delight in your will, O Lord. I delight doing your will as I hold the law in my heart. You see, the psalmist got it right. He combined those thoughts. Your will with your law. That this is the foundation. This is where it begins. And again, because I make no apologies in, in delivery anymore. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to make it very in your face. If you're here today and you're 60 years old and, and you're weak in knowledge of the word, okay, get over it. Start digging in. Far too many allow the enemy to come, well, it's too late for me. It's not too late for you. Well, I wish, well, I know, you wish you had paid more attention in Sunday school. You wish you'd been raised in a different home that embraced the word. Whatever the case, wherever you are, start living. Start digging in. This is the word of life. I want to know all that it has. I want it to become special to me. Maybe you have learning difficulties and you carry it into your adult years. Do whatever it takes. If it's just a verse a day, if it's calling somebody else, would you help me with this? I have comprehension issues. You know my style. I'm going to keep it real, folks. Adults have issues. Well, a lot of adults have real issues, don't they? No, to keep it fair. It is his instruction for us. And so we... We dig in and we delight in it. This church, we talk about know, grow, and show. Knowing God, growing in that faith, and showing that love. It, it all shows up right here in the will of God. To know his will has to begin, has to end with his word. And not just reading it with manipulation. 
Not just reading it with a bias, but letting it speak to us. This is why Paul, and it's a very well-known verse that we use over and over and over, no matter, it's, it's one of those hubs in Scripture. Whatever subject you're talking about, you're going to pass by Romans chapter 12. That we be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How many need your mind renewed today? Absolutely. And tomorrow morning, you're going to say the same thing. And the morning after, you're going to say the same. Because as we go through life, our, fill, our mind gets filled with different thoughts, competing thoughts, things that we wrestle with, life, responsibilities, duties, chores, not to mention vices and temptations. I need my mind renewed. Well, Paul was saying, this whole world's filled with all of its propaganda, all of its biases. Don't be conformed to that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so why? There it is again, that you may be able to discern the will of God. Wow. It really is the lamp unto my feet, the light unto my path. Not getting away from this word, keeping it. I know I'm speaking to a lot of adults that needs to hear this. This means yes. Well, I like my laptop. I, I like Googling this app. I like watching this website. I like, I like, but nothing can replace the word of God in your life. Amen. So that I may be able to discern what's going on. This is, this is that flashlight. Let me take your word and shine it on what I'm getting ready to do and see if I still want to do it. Let me take it and shine it on this person that I'm meeting right now to see if they really are what I think they should be. So that I may be able to discern the will of God. In other words, you hear the process. You hear the battle. You hear the struggle. I, I know there are some here like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this, Pastor, because I just think I'm a dunce. I'm a slow learner. It seems I go to church and people got their hands lifted up and they're singing. Some of them dancing before the Lord. And I haven't done any of that. I just think I'm a slow learner. How many am I talking to right now? Come on, raise your hands. Sure. Because it always seems like somebody else got their act all together. And so I need to give up on myself. That's why we go back to his will. Based upon his word so that we may be able to discern the perfect will of God. <laughs> now we've all been like this lady I read about. She, you know, it isn't just hard decisions. It's everyday decisions. She, she was a Christian. She's a believer. And she wanted to go to the Holy Land. A great desire of hers, and she got a pamphlet on it, read up on the Holy Land trip, and it's like, man, I really want to do this, but is it the will of God for me? The truth is, she had the money, and she had the time that she could allot toward it. But Lord, is it your will? I mean, do I go? It could be dangerous over there, uh, or, you know, maybe something will go wrong, or maybe I need to be doing something here. Lord, I really want to know your will. And she read in the pamphlet again, she, uh, everything about the itinerary, and you'd fly over on a 747 jumbo jet, you know, and the meals, the motels, and all those kind of things. She wrestled all night long, she said, I've got to make a decision soon. And when she woke up the next morning and looked at the clock, the digital clock, it said 747. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. Whether that story's fictional or not, 
we've all done it. If it's the Lord's will, I go to Arby's instead of McDonald's. Let all the lights be green when I get. Come on, you know who you are. Act all pious on me. In other words, there are things as we talk about the perfect will of God. Yes, it's based upon his word. And then it grows into what is God's desire. And there are things that are pronounced there. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation. That's the perfect will of God. It's pronounced. We know that. How do we know that? Not only by his word, but we know his heart. We know his mind through his word. But then we get into that thing called the permissive will of God. And man, that's filled with landmines. Is there such a thing? We're well, sure there's such a thing. But it isn't so much, okay, I don't know if he really wants me to commit adultery or not. She's sure looking good right now. I don't know if it's his will I robbed this bank or not. But we'll break it down. You see, the permissive will is, is simply this. It's a distraction from his perfect will because he has given us free will. It isn't his will that any should perish, but people perish without the knowledge of God. Let's even get closer than that. Many of us know his word and we know his spirit. We've grown in some knowledge along the way. And yet there is this thing that we just say, I don't really want to do it his way. And we get into that permissive area. In other words, it's only permissive because we have free will. We have knowledge many times, maybe not all the time. And here's the wonderful thing to know, that God, even at the times that we go astray, he just keeps loving us watching over us. Is he condoning everything we're doing? No way. He's a holy God. And the grace of God that keeps us when we're going astray. How many can give witness to that? And it's not just talking about going totally derelict on the, on the faith. It's just getting cold and indifferent. Just getting caught up in life. The will of God comes to this, how do we respond to it? It's one thing to know, but that's where the grow part comes in. It's responding. And we've learned just today, we, we make no apology for it. We actually have prayer part of our morning services now. Why? We got a midweek in-person prayer meeting. Why? Because prayer has to be foundational in our life. And it's another area. We use the language, but again, many of us would say, I don't feel qualified to pray. If I walked around today, I'd scare some of you to death, wouldn't I? I know the cameraman is going to be crazy right now because I'm walking around. But if you knew right now I was going to ask one of you to stand up and pray for the house, and I started walking towards you and looking at you. You're going to look the other way, aren't you?
You see, this responding to God's will, this, okay, I'm, I'm gaining knowledge, but I have, to, I have to engage so that I keep hearing about prayer. My mom prayed, my dad prayed, my grandparents prayed, my pastor prayed, so-and-so prayed, my husband prayed, or my wife prays, or on and on and on. But what about me? And again, I'm speaking to you. If you feel inadequate in prayer, what are you going to do about it? Pray. There's only one way that you can learn how to pray. You ready? Don't get ahead of me. You pray. Do you feel the freedom in this house today? We're learning. We have a loving God that loves us so much and allows us to crawl before we walk. We grow in grace. Many of us found out in prayer, I really don't know. My father, as you know, just passed. I still liked hearing dad pray. You want to know why? Other than obviously the, the, the given. Dad grew up with a King James Bible only. And it showed up in his prayer life. When he prayed, he prayed in King James language. Now, that would bore some of you senseless. But for me, it has a special tone. But that's how he learned. And so in prayer, you just come in, okay, I guess they call this prayer. So let's start. Our Father, my Father in heaven. I do believe that you're there. What do I pray about next? I can remember the first time four of us teenage boys in our late teenage years decided we were going to get serious about prayer. We went to our pastor, which of course became my father-in-law in time, and he had his mother-in-law suite off the house. His mother had passed away, and it was empty, and we said, can we use your apartment? And we were going to take Friday nights to pray because, you know, we were such... Good-looking young men, and every gown in the world wanted to date us. And we would sacrifice and give up our Friday nights. <laughs> so noble. Yeah. And, you know, you hurt me when you laugh like that. You really do. I can remember the first night we said, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's break out into different rooms and pray, and then we'll come back and finish off the night. <laughs> the night, yeah, right. So as we got out... I, we, none of us wanted to be the first one back into the living room. So, you know, we were just stalling. But 11 minutes later, we were all back in the living room. <laughs> so we prayed one for another. But in time, we found out that it wasn't about a clock. It's about relationship. Sometimes we were there for hours. Growing in grace. I love, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have looked at the clock. I love Colossians chapter 1. I just want to read it real quick. As Paul was praying for those believers, but I'll I'll change it from church in Colossae to church in Marietta, grace life. 
And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, he said. Listen to this. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Is that not beautiful? It's all right there, no grosso. Knowing God, having full knowledge of him, so it shows up that we can walk worthy. Fully, how many wants to be fully pleasing? Not just partially pleasing, fully pleasing. And here's how this thing works. For some of you just getting started, maybe some of you streaming, just kind of peering into this whole kingdom thing. Fully pleasing. Fully pleasing. To find out that really doesn't make you an oddball. Oh, it's different from this world's philosophy. And yet there's such a magnetism. And if winsome, if I can use your name again, that we all can become winsome. In other words, people experiencing God in our life as it emanates out. That we don't get caught up in all the drama. Anybody knows what drama is? Anybody go to work and have drama? Anybody ever go to a little league game and have drama? Soccer match, have drama? And people start, man, I like being around you. You don't tell smutty jokes. You don't get all upset over everything. It's not all about you. Anybody know anybody like that? Growing in this thing called grace. Full knowledge that we may walk worthy, fully pleasing. And then here it is, that we may bear fruit, showing the love of God. This is where it all ends up. For grace life, one of our tools is E to the fifth power, that name grace. That we may experience God, have an encounter with God or encounters, being empowered through the Holy Spirit, being equipped for life. But the last word, engage, that we actually engage in life. He does all these things in our life. How many of you like Star Trek? Come on, raise your hand. You know what we were all mesmerized with Captain Kirk and Spock and all this? The transporter. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're with me. It's all about that. And you say, oh, that snowy look about them. And all of a sudden, they weren't here anymore. They were over here. Isn't it amazing that as we come to salvation or even at a baptism, can you imagine what would happen if I would baptize somebody and put them down in the water and all of a sudden they were gone? Depending on who you are, some people's like, I am ready for that trip. And others like, that ain't going to happen to me. I'm only 20. I ain't ready to check out here yet. So that we engage in life. You see, at salvation, we don't just beam me up. He leaves us here as we grow in the grace. So here's what I'll finish with today. Step out on his will. To start with a knowledge of his word, yes. To start there. Continue there. 
And from there we get into that growing in grace. That this week, someone comes to you at work and they're sharing with you a struggle. And there it is, that prompting of the Holy Spirit and you've never done it publicly. And all of a sudden you think, do I do it? Do I do it? Do I? Yeah. And you simply ask that person, can I pray with you? And then they shock you and they say, yeah, would you pray with me? And then you're sweating bullets, right? What am I going to say? How many knows the Bible says in the self-same hour, he'll give you the words in whatever situation. And in that moment, you say, okay. And you just tell the person, you know what? Before I pray for you, I've never done this before. But it's sincere. I want to pray with you about your situation. Well, how, how do I, what words do I use? Do I use King James? Yep, you might. You'd probably freak them out, but you can do it. But you just start, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with my friend here, so-and-so. And they're struggling right now in, in their marriage. So we're just praying about that marriage that you bring harmony. Was it that hard? You see, we've got to engage. Would you stand with me today? Stand with me.